summer is like the holidays. There are grand expectations, yet there's also so much potential for exhaustion and for things to go awry. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's really fun episode, I wanted to acknowledge that summer can be a really hard time to keep up with your writing. And I hear from women writers how difficult it is to keep up momentum. One of the things that keeps the writers in my community going and keeps them accountable and keeps them motivated is my writer workout community membership. So the Writer Workout women are women writers from all over the world who join together every Monday at noon central via Zoom, and I lead them through craft talks and prompts and scene development visualizations to get them writing. And writing they do collectively. They have published over 200 pieces in places like the New York Times, the Boston Globe, Washington Post, Vogue, Longreads, Brevity, you name it, they've published there. And also 12 of the women have published books in the last couple of years. So I am thrilled to be able to guide these women towards their publishing dreams and help them accomplish those publishing dreams. If this sounds interesting to you, the Writer Workout membership is on sale, and today is actually the last day of that sale. So check out the link in my show notes, or you could head over to my website, nadinekennyjohnstone.com, and click on the workshops tab, and you'll see it there. So let's dive into today's episode. Hi, friends. I wanted to talk with you about summertime. Yes, summertime. It can be all of the things, you know, the farmer's markets and the beach days and the festivals and the picnics and the drive-in movie theaters and campfires. It can be all of those things. And yet, I want to acknowledge that we often set really, really high expectations for how summer should go. And I'm included in the we here. I think that summer is akin to the holidays in that we really set the bar quite high around how we expect it to go. And we have this false perception every time, even though we, when we look back at previous summers, we know that it didn't go entirely perfect. We still somehow assume that this will be the summer where it will just look like a dream a masterpiece of perfect summer moments and experiences. <laughs> and I found myself recently thinking about things not going according to plan. And I thought, you know what? I can't be the only one. For example, as I record this very episode, 
It is in the 50s in Wisconsin, where I am. It is raining. I have been in a fleece and pants and boots for three days. (laughs) It is colder here right now than winter got in Florida (laughs) this past year for us. So, you know, so it's a little different than expected. And I just say that because it's just one of many examples where the vision in our mind may not match the reality. And this is a human thing. And I want to talk about how we deal with this and how we approach summertime maybe a little bit differently. If you are like me and you're feeling like, hmm, well, I wonder if everybody else is just having the summer of their dreams and I'm having a good summer, but also just like every summer, it has its ups and downs. So let's acknowledge that fact out loud together. I often think of this that I joke with my mom and my sister every time we might go on a vacation. We always just buffer in that there's going to be one shit show kind of day. (laughs) So if I'm somewhere with Jamie and Gio and say it's a four-day trip or something, I'm just going to expect that one of those days is a shit show day. And I will call my mom and my sister and I'll say, well, today's that day. (laughs) Everything went wrong. (laughs) You know, we waited at the restaurant for an hour and a half for breakfast or whatever. Or, you know, this place we wanted to go to was closed and we didn't know. Or their hours were different online. Or it wasn't as great as we thought it would be. We just have to expect that. So can we maybe go into our summers with the expectation that at least once a week, there's going to be a shit show day? And then if there isn't, then great. (laughs) But if there is, you'll just be like, yep, par for the course. I'm saying this as much for me as I am for you, because I have this incredible imagination, which is a great asset as a writer, but not so good for being a human being, because I have these grandiose visions for everything. And when something doesn't live up to that, I'm like, oh, man, and I feel the letdown. And yet, Things that I never even imagined or envisioned then come and take me by surprise in the best possible ways. So there's room for the shit show days and there is room for the days where things are going to go amazingly wonderful and you didn't even plan it or envision it. So let's just approach summer with that kind of attitude. Let me give you an example of this. One of the things that I love about summer is that there's kind of like this legacy, meaning-making, memory-making quality to it. Many of us have some kind of memory, a cherished memory of a summer experience that we had. 
maybe it was that one day at summer camp or that one treat we used to get at the community pool concession stand or that one trip we went on or that one great campfire story or that one amazing summertime bike ride. Maybe we have one cherished memory. And as a parent, I feel deeply that I want to give my son that same kind of cherished memory. And when I was younger, once a year, every year, my family and I, our big vacation every summer was that we would go camping for a week in Michigan. And we would stay at this family camp and the cabins were really simple. They were wooden and they had bunk beds and a little stove and a sink, no bathroom. You had to go to the outhouse for that. And um, it was in the middle of the woods and lots of families would come. The same families would come back each year. So you made friends and you got to see the same people. And then there was a community pool at the center of this campground. And in my mind, when I think of those trips there, I think of that, of the pool and the smell of the trees and the campfires and roasting marshmallows. I think of at least a couple times a week, we would go into town for soft serve ice cream cones. We would go to the batting cages, the amusement park, the water park there. And it was like this prize memory in my mind. Now, if I really think hard and break through the nostalgia of it, I remember that there were some crappy days too <laughs> when the weather stunk, when we were all cooped up in the small cabin, when things just didn't go according to plan. But our nostalgia is kind of a trickster in that way that it, it doesn't like to remember those honest human moments. So now with my son Gio being 10, I want to give him like a summertime memory that when he's older, he could tell his kids, you know, my family and I always would go to Door County, Wisconsin, and we would go play mini golf at Pirate's Cove, and we would go to the drive-in movie theater, and we would have a picnic on the beach, and we would go to these farmer's markets and go for ice cream at Wilson's or Door County Creamery, and I want so desperately sometimes for him to have that, but also for me to have it that I put too much pressure on it. And recently we went to a restaurant and it's a new restaurant in town. Um, and one of the things that I loved, it's called Hill Street and they serve for dessert puppy chow. Do you remember puppy chow? Puppy chow is Chex mix with chocolate and peanut butter coating and then powdered sugar on top. It is delightful. And when I saw it, it was like my childhood came back to me. I remember being in second grade and one of my friends for her birthday, her mom made it and she passed around the bag and, you know, it was like suddenly I was in elementary school again. And I was like, we need to make this puppy chow. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, this is going to be a wholesome memory for Gio. We're going to have a mother-son moment. We love baking together and making treats together. This is going to be a moment, a memory. So... <laughs> I'm building his independence, so I have him read the directions. I have him get out the ingredients, so on and so forth. And as we're making the puppy chow, 
either a step was missed or the recipe that we read was incorrect or didn't say it quite the right way. But we miss the fact that the coating has to kind of cool off before you coat it all in the powdered sugar. Otherwise, the powdered sugar just dissolves into the mixture and it's not like that cool, dusty, awesome, yummy, dusty sugar on top. We didn't know this. So Gio has in his mind that it should look the way that it looked when it was served at the restaurant. And I have in my mind that it should look like this cherished mother-son moment. We're making the puppy chow and then this goes wrong. We put in the powdered sugar too soon. It all dissolves and we're going, what's going on? Gio is not having it. He's like, it doesn't look the way it looked at the restaurant. I'm not eating it. So suddenly we have this gigantic batch that could serve like 10 people of puppy chow that he now refuses to eat any of. I'm trying to acknowledge his feelings, yet at the same time, I'm ticked off that it's not the happy memory moment that I want it to be. And I'm being kind of like, well, I understand that you're frustrated it doesn't look the way that you thought it would look but sometimes we just have to let it go and move on (laughs) and as I'm hearing myself speak I am instantly noticing the irony of it I'm telling him to not make such a big deal out of that things don't look the way he wanted them to look at the same time being completely ticked that things don't look the way I wanted it to look and I can't let it go (laughs) so we're at a standstill I go you know what I'm just gonna go for a quick walk I take the dogs for a walk Gio goes upstairs and I think it through and I'm almost laughing to myself on the walk because it's just so absurd and I come back and I go up to his room and I apologize to him and I tell him what I hope the moment would have been like and how I can understand what the moment and the way he thought it would look and how we both essentially were mad about similar things things not looking the way we wanted them to and then later I added some buttered sugar and we ate the puppy chow together after it was all cooled off and everything and I realized what the issue was and it was funny though because he wanted to eat it in his room while reading a book and I ate it while I was downstairs with Jamie and he came downstairs and he was like that was really good and it was only a second but it was like ah here's the moment we're connecting now I tell you this long story because it's just one of many that we all have over the course of a lifetime and especially during a summer. Like, you know, maybe you go to play mini golf and suddenly it goes from being fun to one of your kids gets really competitive or is arguing with their brother or sister or whomever. Maybe thinking that summer camp is going to be amazing, but then your kid isn't getting along with another kid or there's a bully in the group or what have you. Things don't go according to plan and you are not alone if you feel disappointed by it. And so what I do, what I am, what I have been doing is changing my expectations for the summer. What I'm trying to do first is go, is just assume there are going to be some sour moments on the regular. That's my first change of perspective that I had to remember for myself when we got here. Secondly, I have to remember that summer is at a different rhythm. 
So the sun sets later, we might go to bed later, we might sleep in a little bit later if it's possible. Our, our rhythms and routines might be off for our kids especially, but for us as well. One of the things I'm getting used to is that Gio's going to bed later and he's sleeping in and therefore I'm going to bed later and I'm not doing my, you know, 5 a.m. morning routine that I'm used to doing (laughs) and that's a shift. And what I have to remember is that while the rest of the world likes to think of summertime as like this glorious, relaxing stretch of time, it usually isn't right away for me and for many people. In fact, I know that for a lot of people, especially parents, you're like, "Mm, summertime, all the kids are home. Like this is not relaxing. (laughs) There's a lot more to handle and deal with actually. And so I have to shift my perspective on the fact that I have to go, oh, our routines are going to be different this season. I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on bedtimes and structures and routines. What Gio's eating, there might be more ice cream days. There might be later nights. There might be more lounging around. And I have to kind of shift from school year mode into summertime mode. And I have to think about, okay, where do I draw the line as a parent of like, no, we actually need to maintain this boundary. And mm, you know what, let's ease up on this boundary. So I've been easing up on a lot of a lot of boundaries. And yet, we still need to shower pretty regularly, right, buddy? (laughs) Like, that's something I have to remind him of. So shifting your perspective shifting your routine, knowing that this routine is different for the season, but that things will go back to normal. The third thing I'm thinking about is how to sneak in time for myself so that I don't go mad. And I have to partner with Jamie to think about, okay, when can I go to a coffee shop or the library to have time for myself while Gio's home during the summer so that I get my me time. And one of the interesting things that we do is that we sign Gio up for a few weeks of summer camp. It's usually like a half day camp. This is good for everyone. This is good for us, even though, yeah, maybe he could be home with us while we're trying to juggle work all summer long, but not so healthy for the mindset for all of us. And so the half-day camps give us a little bit of reprieve. I usually go and do some work at a coffee shop, and Jamie does some work. And the other thing that we sneak in is date mornings maybe every other week or so on a Friday, Jamie and I will go play the short course of golf at the local golf course while Gio's in camp. So he gets dropped off at nine. We have to pick him up around lunchtime and we, for a couple hours, either go play some holes or we go and do a hike in the state forest. And when I talk about golf, if you notice that my verbiage is off, that's because I have no idea what I'm doing at golf. It is literally just to be outside and to do something fun. I I don't know any of the rules or any of the things. We just do it. (laughs) So if you have kids, how can you 
use any bit of camp time for yourself or even for a date situation experience or to meet up with a friend or grab coffee just creating a little pocket of time so that summer for you is actually somewhat fun and not just for your kid so jen hatmaker has a wonderful idea she calls it me camp where she goes on a little vacation for herself by herself she started this a couple summers ago where she went to maine while her daughter was in camp in maine jen decided to go nearby and be quote-unquote at camp herself and she called it me camp because maine the initials are me but also is a camp for herself you know how much i love this idea you know how much i love solo travel this is glorious and we can do various versions of this while you might not be able to get away for a week or so by yourself is there a morning pocket that you can get away can you create a little summer camp situation for yourself Uh, a couple summers ago i enrolled in an art class while my son was doing his own art camp I go to the coffee shop, I go on dates with Jamie during the day on Fridays, and the other thing that I'm doing this summer is that my mom and sister and I are just doing a little trip a mile or two away from where I am in Dora County. We're going to do our own thing while Jamie and Gio hang out and do their thing. My mom and sister are going to come up and visit, and they're, they're taking me to a hotel that's about a mile away from the cabin where we're staying so that we can just have girls time. It's an early 40th birthday celebration, but I am definitely looking forward to the girl trip situation, even though we're not going anywhere different than where I am right now. We wanted to spend the most time we could together and not spend a bunch of more time driving somewhere else. And we didn't want to fly anywhere. And so we're going to spend the time together. So what can you do to give yourself a fun experience, just like you're giving other people a fun experience? Two more things that I have been thinking about. I want you to remember that summer is a season that might look different on all areas of your life. Your creativity, your relationships. My marriage looks different over the summer than it does during the rest of the year. Jamie and I are together a lot more during the summer than during the rest of the year. And we have to find ways to both be together and then have good time apart. And even our ideas of rest and relaxation look different for everyone. This is a really helpful mindset to keep in perspective. So a relaxing day to Geo looks like never leaving the cabin and reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid books all day long and snacking. A restful day to Jamie might be lounging on the couch, watching some kind of funny comedy, going for like an easy pace walk through the trees in the forest, or going to try some good food at a restaurant. My idea of rest and relaxation and or vacation mode is usually I need a little time to myself somewhere peaceful. Like I want to go do a yoga class and then I want to have some alone time in a coffee shop 
and then I can do all the fun things like play mini golf or spend time with the family but I need some alone time as part of my rest whereas the rest of my family they don't need to be alone when they're doing their thing they can like be around other people and that's fine I need maybe a little bit more alone time than they do sometimes I need to go and be active and move my body and get my wiggles out as I say like kind of work out you know any like pent-up energy or emotions and then I'm good so I realized that my schedule for the summer is that if I have gone and done my movement and had some alone time then I am so good for everyone else I have all the energy and time and space for my people but if I don't go and do that thing then I'm cranky I'm super cranky I want you to think about what it is that rest and relaxation and vacation time looks for you and what your summer season needs so the best way to think about this is what are each person's non-negotiables for how a day during the summer needs to go in order for everyone to thrive? And it looks different for your creativity as well. Know that there are seasons of creativity. Oftentimes I recommended my writers that I coach that summer might be a season of idea gathering. It's a time to be inspired, sure, if that is what's happening and just jot down on your phone notes any ideas that are coming to mind but maybe don't put so much pressure on yourself to be overly productive with your writing some people myself included think about summer and it's like oh it's just gonna be so much writing time and then you're like wait a minute but the whole family is together and we have to caretake and we have to feed the people and like when is that actually gonna happen so for me my most productive writing time actually happens in the fall and the spring and not so much during holiday times and not as much in summertime it depends like once Gio's in camp yes but when he's not in camp nope so be realistic one of the women that I coach I coach her weekly and she takes off a few weeks in August from coaching because she just knows that with all the family home she's not going to get anything done so can you shift your idea around what you expect of yourself over the summer for creativity and then finally I want you to think about this article that I came across which is about the seven different kinds of rest it's by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, The Seven Kinds of Rest. The article, which is based on her book, is talking about all these different ways that we feel exhausted, even if we've gotten enough sleep. This is so interesting. So she was saying how she was really busy working physician with a family, and then she really knew that she was burnt out and she was like all right I need to get some rest and she tried to prioritize sleep rest and when she did she was like why am I still tired so if you're feeling this way like oh it's summertime maybe I'm I'm relaxing a little bit more resting a little bit more yet I still feel completely drained I want you to think about tending to these different kinds of rest so she was talking about okay we need physical rest this might 
be sleep, but it might be stretching or yoga. Another kind of rest is mental rest. So it's like your brain, what kind of input is going on there? What kind of stress is your brain under that no amount of sleep is going to cure? Another kind of rest is sensory rest. So this is what I was talking about in terms of I can't be in a space where there, I'm like inundated with a bunch of sensory input, like a bunch of noises and visual things. I like simple. So if you're feeling inundated from a sensory perspective, a lot of noises or a lot of visual input, you might need less of that. Creative rest. This is where you really tend to your creativity. One of the things that I say at my retreats is that we need to view creation in order to be creative. So one of the ways that I tend to my creativity is by being out in nature. So tending to your creative energy. Another kind of rest that we need is emotional rest. So if you're feeling emotionally tired, you might think about, okay, what do I need to do in order to process an emotion I'm going through or to kind of be not in the vicinity of people who drain me emotionally? And on the heels of that, social rest, um, this is when you're around people who deplete your energy rather than give to you. So can you either take a, a break from some exhausting social commitments and or take a break from exhausting social people? And then spiritual rest, like how are you tending to yourself at the soul level, either through meditation or community or involvement in volunteering things that fill you up on the soul level. I thought that was really helpful to think about this summer if you think summertime should be relaxing. <laughs> well, maybe think about what are the rest areas that you are deficient in that you want to tend to the most right now and how can you prioritize them while also giving yourself a lot of grace that summer is like the holidays. There are grand expectations, yet there's also so much potential for exhaustion and for things to go awry. So be really tender and gracious to yourself. So my wish for you is that in the midst of shit show summery days, <laughs> that you can be kind to yourself and shift your perspective so that you can navigate those waters with a bit more grace. All right, friends, let me know how you are navigating summers and when things don't go according to plan. I want to know. I'm on Instagram at nadinekennyjohnstone.com and my guided journal, Come Home to Your Heart, is one of the ways that people, readers, have been tending to spiritual rest, a reflective rest, a way of really falling back in love with themselves. So I'm so excited and thrilled to announce that that is out in the world. And I love seeing all your pictures of you reading the book. I've gotten so many beautiful messages from readers, but one came most recently and she said, I got your journal in the mail. I'm a new empty nester. I'm newly sober. 
and I can't remember who I was before the kids and before alcohol, and I'm trying to reunite with her. And your book is helping me do that, helping me remember who I am. What better feedback is there than that? That just made my day, my year, really. So I hope that my book, Come Home to Your Heart, is a part of your restful journey. Friends, I hope that that gave you some food for thought about how to manage summer expectations and really have a new and hopeful outlook that's also realistic but prioritizes the kind of rest and relaxation that you need. And if it was fun to think about summer shit show stories, well, I want to hear yours. I'm sure you've got some. I've got plenty more, and I plan on sharing some in future episodes, not only from me, but from you as well. So if you want to be considered to have your story shared on this podcast, what you can do is send me a voice memo on Instagram through DMs, through direct messages. You can record your voice there. Try to keep it, you know, roughly a minute, minute and a half. The shorter, the better that we can share your summer shit show story. Another way to share it is on my website, meetingkennyjohnstone.com. At the very bottom, there's a little envelope email icon that you can click on to email me and send your voice memo that way. But Instagram is probably the easiest. I'm at Johnstone on Instagram. So let me hear these shit show stories. The funnier, the better. I want them all (laughs) disastrous, hilarious, ridiculous. I want to hear from you. All right, Michelle Rado, thank you for being an incredible producer for this podcast. And remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week. Thank you.